What's good, Hype? Welcome into the Husker Hypecast, where we are going to get you fired up for Nebraska against Ohio State. We're going to try, at least. I am <laughs> yeah. Mike Schaefer, joined by Ryan Christopherson. Eventually, Michael Brunts will pop back in. And we have, as our special guest this week, from the Omaha World Herald, Dirk Chatlin. Dirk specifically requested the Ohio State game. <laughs> Actually, didn't. It's just the assignment that he was given. Dirk, how's it going? It's going good. How are you guys? We are. Uh, we were just talking before the recording of this podcast about our our uh, you know esteemed shared quarterback Gus Farratt, also Kirk Cousins. So you know, I uh, I've seen a lot of bad football performances this year. Uh, I, I think that Vikings game on Sunday night was was top ten. It was alarmingly bad, and I felt bad that America was watching it. And it's one of those things where there's no other game on unless you wanted to watch the Astros just take the life out of the Braves. And so you were largely just required to watch that game if you had sports on on Sunday night. It's the, uh, it's, it's the equivalent of Nebraska-Illinois in week zero where everybody had an opinion because everybody had to watch it. Yeah, well – about the same level of quarterback play in both of those games, if you really want to get into it deep. So there's that both featured a backup quarterback beating the team that was favored too. So there's, there's that as well. Embattled head coaches, man, you can draw parallels. You can draw plenty of parallels. All right. So Dirk on this podcast, we, uh, we dive into both sides of the ball and then we make uh, predictions. Some of them are very, very specific predictions you can go anywhere you want with it, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But we'll start on the offensive side of the ball, and we'll just we'll get the Adrian question out of the way. What what does Nebraska need to do to get the version of Adrian that played against Oklahoma, that played against Michigan in the second half? You know, barring that one uh, the one fumble at the very end that largely at times this year has looked like the best version of Adrian Martinez that we've seen. And yet over the last two games, he's been really bad and really ineffective. Yeah. I wouldn't just say the best version of Adrian Martinez. I would say the best, uh, arguably the best quarterback in the big 10 for about a month, you know, um, you know, it's, it's a little bit hard to compare to Ohio state just because of the talent discrepancy, but um you know, that was, that was like all big 10 Adrian Martinez right there for, for basically the, the back half of September and the first half of October. And it's just been bizarre. I mean, you don't, unless there's an injury involved, uh, you don't typically see a guy regress like that in the middle of the season and his decision-making issues that were such a problem the you know, the last couple of years, uh, really came, came glaring again, uh, on on saturday against purdue so you know it's i i know we've all asked him some variation of this question but how do you balance playmaking and and being a cautious responsible good you know game manager and uh three and a half years into his career he still hasn't really figured that out yet no and it's i with with three games left in this season and potentially left in his nebraska career it feels like that one might just go completely unanswered BC, when you look at Nebraska's running game, we Ramir Johnson has basically taken that job. He took it in the, the Oklahoma game. And 
he he's for all intents and purposes a running back Nebraska wants to go with. And yet at times when they have used Jacques Yant, he's been very effective. Do you do you foresee over the next three games or, or really even against Ohio State that there could be more value in having a bit of a battering ram on the field versus what Ramir Johnson gives you as kind of more of your traditional third down running back? Um Possibly. Now, the part with Yant that I don't know is if they're still worried about all the other parts when he doesn't have the ball. And I mean, we saw a couple examples. Let's get beyond the slip at Minnesota. But I I think of the play, I think it was Michigan where he went the wrong way on the short yardage. And that's one play. But I think that that was a, a brief look at what has maybe kept him back a little bit, just despite him having to change his body in the offseason. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he, when he has got the football in his hands, he's been a lot of fun to watch. And I was really disappointed sort of the, I mean, some of it was the way the game played out on Saturday against Purdue, but I think he had 60 yards rushing at halftime. And I think he ended up with 60 or, you know, it was something like that where he, it basically just completely disappeared after looking like, man, Nebraska could lean on these guys and Yant could have a 115-yard day. So if they do get one of those guys going, whomever it may be, I'd love to see them uh, hang with it a bit, you know, and see, and see if if they can get a game similar to Oklahoma. I think, remember that game where it was sort of, they, they did complement each other well between offense and defense as an underdog. And I think you're going to need some, some uh, replication of that probably in this game. Ramirez is probably still the best overall back though. Running backs actually one spot. I feel, I feel better about on this team going into next year it, when you get Gabe Irvin back and maybe with Ramirez and, and Yan. Okay. That's, that's be pretty interesting. I still remain con- very confused as to what it is Nebraska wants to do at running back, but you're right with the personnel. They, they certainly, have. I, I'm confused at what they want to do. I like, I think I like the dudes they have maybe, yeah. but it's hard to know. Uh, Brunts. Who is Nebraska's best wide receiver? Is it a trick question? Do they have one? Your answer. They've got good wide receivers. I mean, I I think when he's in there, I think Xavier Betts probably gives him the most potential for a big play. I mean, I, I think I would say probably Betts or Manning. I, I think for when Omar Manning has gotten chances, he's made the most of it. Um I don't, I don't know. I mean, that, that's another area where I scratch my head a little bit about usage and rotations and everything else. But I think if he were out, if, if everybody were out there and healthy, you know, I would probably take Xavier Betts over anybody else that they've got. I, I just think that he can do so much, take the top off of defense and in the pitch game or, or whatever. I just think he's, he's the best option. It's just, he, said nagging injuries. I think sometimes the, the way that they've used him hasn't necessarily been the best. I've been surprised that they haven't taken more shots downfield with him, but I, I think he's, he's the guy this year. I think he'll be the guy for him next year and going forward. I just think he's a, a very good talent that Nebraska is not getting enough out of right now. And I, I think more of that is just how they choose to use him, I guess, rather than anything necessarily about him. Cause I think he's a little bit more comfortable on the field and with the offense than, than, than what he has been in the past. I'll just kind of throw this open to, to the other two guys. Is there another answer that either of you would have there right now for Nebraska's best wide receiver 
their top wide receiver? Well, a month ago, I would have said Toure for sure. Um, but I think it's become a little bit more debatable over the last few weeks. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think, uh, you know, physical talent is the issue. I think it's a, it's a little bit of a rhythm issue. Um, it's a little bit of a quarterback who, who can be, um, you know, inconsistent. Um, it's just, they've had a hard time, you know, sort of finding consistent production out of all those guys. And it's just kind of, it's true of the whole offense, right? It's like, I mean, after watching a quarter and a half on Saturday, I really thought they were going to rush for 250 yards. I mean, it was just, it just looked like one of those games where, you know, Nebraska was going to kind of, going to kind of morph into a, uh, you know, an old school big 10 team or an old school Nebraska team and, and be able to pound it. And, and they, the running game just totally dried up in the second half. It's like, it's, there's just, there's so little continuity, uh, game to game, drive to drive, player to player. Uh, and again, I think some of that is probably quarterback issues, but, but they just, they've really struggled to, to kind of find an identity as an offense. And I think that just goes back to Scott Frost and, and not really finding a scheme that, that he can count on every week. Nice. All right, we'll dive over to, to the defensive side of the ball. Nebraska getting a very good Ohio State offense this weekend. And I guess we'll, uh, we'll start with, with this and we'll change up the order a little bit here. Brunt, who of uh, Travion Henderson, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith, Najigba, Chris Olave, who's the scariest of that group for you as it relates to Ohio State's skill position, guys? All of them. They're all scary. I think the wide receivers give me more concern because I think for the most part, Nebraska's done a pretty good job against the deep ball this year. But I just think with the, the talent that Ohio State has at wide receiver, I mean, David Bell's great, don't get me wrong, but like Ohio State's like on a next step up from where David Bell is. And just thinking back to how much trouble Nebraska had covering them last year, the way that Ohio State gets its wide receivers open, I, 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 I don't think it's either or with the wide receivers. That, that crew just – scares me. I think probably more than any position group that Nebraska is going to face this year. Like, I think that's how good they are. So the fact that CJ Stroud seems to be playing with more confidence and he's more decisive now too, that, that gives me even more pause with that wide receiver group. So um, I would, I would go there. I think Nebraska can maybe hang in the running game, but the, the wide receiver thing is a whole different ball of wax. Sure. Is this the best team that Nebraska has faced this season? They've obviously played Oklahoma. They've played Michigan. They've played Michigan State. All top 10 teams. Another top 10 team with Ohio State. Well, it's it's the team that's most capable of exposing Nebraska. Um, and I think based on the team psyche and, and the state, you know, the point in the season they're at, I think uh, this is probably the scariest matchup. You know, that's, you know, that, that doesn't mean it's going to be the, the, the intimidating environment that you saw at Oklahoma. Um, but it's just, a, it's a different point in the season. I think Nebraska is fragile. And, uh, and, and as Brunt's talked about, the playmakers on offense for Ohio State really give you a concern because it, 
it, it just feels like one of those games that could be, you know, 14, nothing before you really, before you really get established or even, you know, get your seat warm. And uh, at that point, you kind of worry about Nebraska's spirit. So uh, I think they're probably the best team, but even, even more important, I think they're, I think they're most capable of sort of, uh, you know, jumping on Nebraska and, and that, that is a concern, especially at this point in the season. BC, what what level do you think has the biggest challenge ahead of them on Saturday? Similar question to what Brunt's had there, of course, but uh, do you think it's it's trying to stop Travion Henderson up front, or as as Brunt's thought, the wide receivers and CJ Stroud's ability to spread the ball? Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, I, it, you would want to say all of the above, but I would I'll say the secondary uh, just because of I agree with Brunt's and. I heard Brunt say David Bell's overrated. That's how I heard it come out of his mouth. Um, Guy beats up a Purdue Pete on the sideline. <laughs> yeah. So he's talking trash about David Bell. Say, Purdue Global's just around the corner, so you better watch yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the combination that they have of guys just scares me to death. And I, I think Quentin Newsom's had a fine season for Nebraska, but I think on Saturday, you know, they, they were giving up a lot of ground. It, it was a pretty easy game of pitch and catch. And that's where I wonder, you know, you got to have some give and take in a game like this, like against Oklahoma, I felt like Nebraska surrendered some stuff in the run game to avoid uh, having the top taken off their defense. And they were largely successful at that. I think Oklahoma's longest play that day was 23 yards. I sort of just don't envision that they're going to be able to, to stop Ohio state from those one or two plays that, that are just, you know, 45 yard, 50 yard type plays. I, th I think those are going to pop up in this game. And that that's where the Buckeyes are so scary where you think you've got it. You think you're there. You think you're there maybe. And then, you know, there's a 53 yard house call on you. So I, this is a different animal than anybody they've seen. It's All a little right. bit. Schaefer, oh, I was going to say, this is a game where Nebraska could, you know, really use an edge rusher. Um, you know, just somebody to disrupt Ohio State's rhythm. That that was watching Minnesota and Purdue just kind of methodically pick apart Nebraska's defense. Uh, you know, that gives me concern for Nebraska because, you know, you're you're looking at an offense that can do that at a higher level, and they just don't have enough disruptors on defense. I think they're pretty solid across the board. They just uh, you know, they really need somebody that can get an offense in second and 17, and they just don't have – they don't really have that element on their defense. Yeah, Nebraska doesn't create a lot of negative plays for other teams on offense. I mean, that's that's the biggest complaint that I could come up with with this defense for sure. All right, oddly specific prediction time. We'll, uh, we'll let Dirk listen to a couple before he has to weigh in. I'll go ahead and get started. I think I'm going to go with this one. The Huskers will have a lead in this game after the first two possessions of the game. So what I'm saying is, like, it's not just going to be a Nebraska goes and scores 3-0. I think the lead will come later in the game. In the first quarter, they will go up 10-7 to against Ohio State behind a knuckleball Chase Contreras field goal that sneaks into the two uprights. And that'll be the high point of the game for the Huskers. A 10-7 to lead. By the end of the first quarter, that is my prediction. Runs. I uh, I'm all aboard the Chase Contreras train this week. I think uh, the Iowa Western transfer is going to have a big, big week. 
I'm going to predict three field goals for Chase Contreras. I think two are going to be longer than 40 yards. One, Nebraska gets into the red zone and they, they, they have to kick, but I think he's going to be good from 47. I think he's also going to be good from 51. He's going to get, get a leg into it. So 51, 47, uh, something, eh, I don't know, let's say 32, um, but three field goals for, for young Chase Contreras, who uh, is taking the job and running with it. He's been there all along. They just had to find him. BC. Um, I see that this is crystal clear in my mind. Cam Taylor Britt's going to have, uh, he'll have a pick six. I, I envision it's in the first half. Remember the Wisconsin game a few years back? It was in the yeah. Riley era and they, he threw it right to, I think it was Aaron Williams. Aaron Williams. Yeah. Stepped in front of him. The whole stadium's like going nuts and it's tied. Nebraska's sending a message. And then, uh, Wisconsin got its horns out and gave the ball to Jonathan Taylor 30 times in a row. Uh, but I think that'll happen. Get everybody going a little bit, but it, it won't be sustainable. I'll get to the, the score prediction in a second, but a pick six for CTB to bring a moment of life to the stadium. Dirk. I'm going to say that Nebraska has a season long kickoff return in part because they will have lots of practice on Saturday. Okay. Do you want to put a number on it? I'm going to say 42. Okay. That would be. It would be long. It would be long for this program. Do you do you want to put a name behind it? That's the real question. We'd like a name. It might be an up back. It might be an up back. <laughs> okay. All right. Pick to click. Uh, player that you think is going to have a noteworthy game on Saturday. I'm I'm going to take a really easy one. I think Luke Reimer is going to have a lot of tackle attempts on Saturday. I don't know that he's going to have a Greenhagen. We've seen one of those already happen on the on the Huskers field this year before, uh, but I think he's he's going to have a, a nice day with tackles, a lot of tackles for Luke Reimer. More BC. than half, more than half a Green Hagen. Half a Hagen. He's going to have more than half a Hagen. Okay. Um, this is supposed to be a Husker, I assume. I, you I'll can say wherever you want. I'll, I'll I'll take a Husker. I'll I'll say. Uh, I think Omar Manning is uh, he well he limped off the field a little bit so we'll see where he's at but <laughs> I, I I'm gonna say Manning uh, get gets loose for for a, a few uh, Omar Manning will have another nice day I think he's been building him and Xavier Betts that's one encouraging thing I think that happened during the bye week and you started to see a little bit of Saturday until until they fell off the cliff there but I'll say Omar Manning okay Dirk well. Um, it, it does feel like a Nebraska linebacker kind of day. So uh, I think I think it's Reimer or, or Jojo Dolman. You know, one of those guys is going to be very, very active, if not both. Uh, so you took Reimer. I'll take Dolman. Uh, you know, this is a really, I think, kind of an important legacy game for Nebraska's defense this year because until this point, you know, they've been a, they've been really a positive sign, and it's been leaking a little bit. And if there is a Saturday where it might get out of hand, this is it. So I think it's a really important day, win or lose, for, for Nebraska's defense. Brooks, after a one-week uh, move away from him, I'm, come, I'm going back to Austin Allen. He's always seemed to find himself opening against Ohio State. Uh, I think he gets a touchdown. I don't know how many Nebraska is actually going to score in this game, but Austin Allen's going to have one of them. So he's my pick to click. I, I actually, even though we're recording this at two in the morning on Friday, 
have to get off here for a radio thing. So I'm going to give you my score prediction. I'm going to say Ohio State, 48, Nebraska, 24. And uh, that's the prediction. So um, that's all I got. Austin Allen, Ohio State wins. All right. So it's going to be really impressive for Chase Contreras to get all those field goals and Nebraska to score 24 points. I'm sure you did the math. (laughs) Yeah, it always checks out. Don't don't doubt it. Well, it's just just two touchdowns, a two point conversion, and three field goals. I got you. <laughs> yep. All right, Dirk, you got a score? Yeah, I uh, that fifteen point spread. It might be you know eighteen by kickoff, but uh, it, it's that seems pretty small. So uh, you know, I think it's it's wishful thinking that Nebraska can can stay that tight. Uh, to me, this feels more like a game that's in the twenty. 20 to, to 30 range. Uh, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go 38 to 17. All right. BC. Was that Bruns running to his uh, Tokyo radio station interview at, at 2 a.m. on Friday? Yeah. They're very curious about yeah. uh, Tomonaga from what I understand. So. <laughs> um, I'll say uh, Ohio state. I don't think Nebraska is going to get their doors blown off in this game. I think they'll make Ohio state work for it. Uh, they do, of course, need to stay even or have a – they need a plus stay in the turnover category, which is a pretty big ass for this group. But I'll say Ohio State, 38, Nebraska, 23. Okay. Ohio State had some issues sometimes scoring touchdowns. Ryan Day complained that they had to kick a lot of field goals this past week. I think they will have to kick more than they want this week too but still a comfortable enough win for Ohio state 33 to 17 over Nebraska. Any final thoughts for you guys before we, uh, you know, really turn our attention to this matchup this weekend. Well, Shafe, uh, Nebraska, Ohio state's visits to Nebraska, basically ever since Braxton Miller got hurt have been, uh, have been absolutely disastrous for the Huskers. So, uh, I mean, the, just the mood in the stadium at about 1045 on Saturday morning is going to be really interesting. Uh, I, I think, I think this is, you know, just reading the tea leaves of the program right now, I think Scott Frost has a chance to keep his job, but he needs to avoid a blowout. And if, if there's a blowout that's going to happen, you know, Saturday would be the most likely time. So uh, I think Nebraska, you know, you want to win the game, but, but they really got to avoid, kind of the worst case scenario. And uh, if they can get out of Saturday with a relatively full stadium in the fourth quarter and, and be within, you know, three touchdowns, I think a lot of Husker fans would take that right now. Yeah, you're no doubt about it. I mean, the 2017, 2019, we're not kind to, uh, to Nebraska or its fans for those games. So if it's another one of those, Gonna be a pretty empty stadium in the second half once again. So, all right, for Dirk Chatlin from the Omaha World Herald, from Brian Christopherson with Husker 24 7, I'm Mike Shaver. Be sure to check out all of our coverage on Saturday of the game and everything that follows at Husker 24 7. We'll be back next week with a couple more podcasts. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24 7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. 
reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.